Hello, and welcome to the Secrets of Happily Ever After podcast. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and I'm absolutely obsessed with learning all the secrets of living happily together with your partner in an intimate friendship. I'm so excited about today's episode because I'm going to share with you real life stories of couples that I have worked with in the last year. But before we dive into that content, I want to make sure that you know about our Valentine's Couples Romantic Retreat in McCall taking place February 8th through the 12th, 2023. Now, I know you're probably saying, Monica, there's like a whole handful of holidays happening before Valentine's Day. We've got Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas all happening before we get to Valentine's Day. But since you might have to purchase a flight and make travel arrangements to get here to McCall, Idaho, I want to make sure that you have plenty of lead time. So if you want to join us, it's a four-day retreat. You'll be flying to Boise on Wednesday, February 8th. We'll be talking about communication on Thursday, connection all day Friday, and Saturday we'll be talking about commitment and then going skiing up at Brundage, which is an awesome ski resort. And all of that is included in the price of the retreat. So you'll definitely want to check out the details at www.secretsofhappilyeverafter.com backslash V-Day Retreat. Now, I tell you, most couples get Valentine's Day wrong. So this year, ensure that your sweetheart is so impressed with your Valentine's Day plans by joining us in charming little ski town, McCall, Idaho, for a romantic lover's getaway. We've already sold a few spots, so hurry before we sell out. And for today's topic, we are going to talk about this condition that happens in lots of marriages that I like to call being friends without benefits. Now, if you look up the research, it shows that 20% of couples report being in a sexless marriage, and most of those couples report being unhappy and unsatisfied with their marriage. Now, if you couple that with the 50% divorce rate, which is certainly higher now, and the even higher rate of people who report being unsatisfied in their marriage, we have a big problem. Now, sex isn't the only thing that's important in a marriage, but it is extremely important, not just to be doing it, but also to be able to communicate about it and come to some very real and doable expectations where both partners feel like they're having a good experience in their marriage. That's the intimate part of creating an intimate friendship. So today I want to tell you about a few of the couples that I've worked with recently. So the first couple I want to tell you about are John and Julie. When John first came to me, he was frustrated and resentful because he felt like he worked hard to support his family. He helped around the house and he helped with the kids, but he felt like he wasn't really getting anything in return. He felt like Julie was all 
always exhausted and never had time to spend any time with him. What he really felt like is that he was very low on Julie's list of priorities. Now, in Julie's defense, she was a busy mom. They had four young children, and she also worked as an advertising executive during the day. She'd come home at night, feed the kids, have some family time, do a little bit of light cleaning around the house, and then she would be exhausted. John loved Julie. He was constantly in awe of how she juggled all the different hats. She was fantastic at her job, a wonderful mother, and took care of all of the things around the house. He thought she was amazing, and he really just wanted to connect with her and spend time with her. But he felt like there was very rarely any energy or time left over at the end of the day once Julie had done all of the things that were important to her. If you ask Julie, she felt like they spent plenty of time together and that once the kids were older, there would be plenty of time to spend together. So you can see where the problem manifests itself as John was constantly trying to get Julie's attention and affection. He was vying for her time and constantly getting rejected. He wasn't doing anything shady, but he felt like he had needs that weren't getting met in the relationship. So what was John to do? He felt like they were friends without benefits. And in his heart, he knew that he didn't get married just to be lonely. So when he came to me, he was asking me questions about how he could get his wife's attention and what he could do to make her attracted to him once again. John was such a good student. We talked it through and he started learning many of the frameworks that I teach in training in the art of sexpionage. We started by picking out little things that he could do to help Julie feel less overwhelmed and more supported in all of the things that she had to do. We also reconstructed John's idea that he was responsible for Julie's happiness and helped him understand that he could support Julie as she took time for herself and found ways to relax, but that he couldn't be responsible for it. So when they would go out on these dates that John would plan out completely by himself, but with the purpose of showing Julie a really good time, he would bring up the idea of maybe Julie should have a night out with her friends every once in a while, or maybe she should get a massage, or maybe a couple nights a week, John could take care of all of the household duties and Julie could just read a book. We also talked at length about how John could communicate his frustration and resentment to Julie. Again, he admired her and loved her, but he wanted to feel close to her. And the problem was that he felt like he was just getting whatever was left over after Julie had given everything she had to the kids and to her job. And eventually he told her that he felt like they had a friendship but that they weren't intimate and he wanted to feel like lovers. After several months of working together, they finally came to the conclusion that if they were going to be really good parents to these children, that they would have to learn how to prioritize their relationship. 
Julie started expressing to John the things that she needed to feel more relaxed and like she had more time to connect with him. John looked at the list and tried to help out as much as he could. They also hired somebody to come clean the house during the day and help with odd jobs like laundry and shopping so that Julie had less on her plate. They started connecting and communicating so much better to where they began to trust each other and confide in each other. They got vulnerable with their thoughts and ideas. And eventually, John started to make his way up Julie's to-do list. Now, I say that jokingly, but during our exit interview, John was like, finally, I feel like I'm a priority to my wife and not just an afterthought. And even though John was perfectly capable of taking care of himself and Julie felt like the kids needed her more, they set up systems to where when they started to feel neglected and they needed a little bit of connection and intimacy, they had ways of signaling it to each other without having to hash out the whole thing over and over again. So basically, we set up code words that they could use when they felt like they just needed a little bit of time and attention. They set up regular date nights and decided to take semi-annual trips. And when I asked them how they were doing just recently to report so that I could let you know on this podcast, John and Julie both enthusiastically described themselves as friends with benefits. They both reported being so happy together. And even though life hasn't slowed down at all, they're having so much more fun together. So that's John and Julie. The second couple I want to tell you about is Josh and Emily. Emily actually came to me because she was so unhappy. They also have four young children. Emily is a stay-at-home mom, and Josh works three jobs so that they can make ends meet. When I asked Emily if they were dating weekly and making time for intimacy, she said no, that they had an agreement, that Josh does his thing and she does her thing, and when the kids grow up and they're more financially stable, that they would spend more time together. Basically, they said I love you when they got married, and neither of them planned on changing anything. They were both very hard workers, but Emily was tired and she felt like she was doing the parenting thing all alone. The problem was that even though they had grandparents who were willing to help, Emily had a very hard time leaving her children. She felt like to be a good mother, she had to be present with them at all times, that her life had to revolve around everything that they needed. It took us a few months of working together, but we finally made a breakthrough when she realized that by neglecting her relationship with Josh, Emily was actually doing more harm than good with her children. I asked her how she would feel if she visited her own children one day and they were acting the same way she was. I asked her how she would feel if one of her daughters was running herself ragged taking care of the kids and not prioritizing her relationship at all. Would she be happy with the life that her daughter was creating or would she want her to have a better relationship with her husband and be happier and more fulfilled? 
When I asked her this question, Emily broke out into tears and she cried for a really long time. You're right, she said. I'm not modeling for my children what I want for them when they grow up and get married. She decided that she would prioritize her relationship with Josh. Luckily for her, it wasn't too late to salvage what she and Josh had. She made a decision at that point that she would start to prioritize her relationship with her husband, that they would go out on weekly date nights and prioritize intimacy more often. She wanted to teach her children that her highest priority was her relationship with her husband. She wanted to model to them what a healthy relationship looked like so that they would one day be able to have happy, healthy, thriving marriages themselves. When I contacted Emily to ask her about this episode, she actually told me that she and Josh were leaving to go on a cruise. I'm literally so happy for this couple because they were on the fast track to absolute destruction, but they were able to turn it around. And so no matter how you might feel about your relationship right now, whether you're feeling completely disconnected and distant from your spouse, there's always a way to turn it around. This last story is about a couple named Bill and Marsha. They're a little bit older, but Bill still wanted to be intimate with Marsha. But he said that Marsha never showed any interest at all. When he would share his feelings with her, Marsha would do something like brush her teeth and get ready for bed. And then she'd come out and say, oh, are we having sex tonight? To which Bill felt completely unaroused. He wanted it to be more spontaneous and fun, like he wanted her to show interest, like she actually wanted to participate in some sort of sexual activity with him. This couple was a joy to work with because they'd been married for a long time. They didn't take themselves too seriously, and they knew a lot of the secrets already. However, Marsha was just a little bit hesitant about initiating, which is what Bill wanted more than anything was for her to just take the initiative every once in a while and try something new. So after working through a few of my frameworks, Marsha went out and bought some sexy lingerie. And when they would go out to lunch in the middle of the day, every once in a while, she'd wear the sexy lingerie underneath her clothes. And when they'd get home, unbeknownst to Bill, she would just start to undress, to which he would get super excited of course, and since they were empty nesters and didn't have to worry about kids walking in, they started to experiment and now in their 60s are reporting having the best sex of their whole marriage. Now, I've heard this statistic a lot actually that women in their 60s and 70s are having the best sex of their lives and I always laugh when I hear that because I think, why should we have to wait so long to have great sex? Now, I've amassed tons of reasons why this could be the case, but I honestly think that when especially women start to change their perception and understanding of what sex could be for them, they can start to enjoy it much, much earlier, even with young kids, even being stressed and tired. There are so many fun ways to enjoy that intimate friendship with each other. So if you relate to any of these stories, or if you're finding yourself feeling more like friends without benefits, and you're wanting to change that dynamic in your marriage, I have a couple of spots 
open for one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested in one of those spots, feel free to send me an email or just apply at www.secretsofhappilyeverafter.com backslash apply. We'll set up a short call where we'll get to know each other a little bit better and decide whether we're a good fit to work together or not, and whether or not I think that I can guide you to some solutions to your challenge. Because you can't see the label from the inside of the bottle. So sometimes you just need a neutral third party to help you identify the dynamics you're creating in your marriage. And that's what I love to do for people. So again, if you think you'd be a good candidate for coaching, make sure you contact me before those spaces get filled. And if you've benefited from this episode, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review on iTunes, it really helps other people find this content because I know and you know that marriage is hard, but it can be also so rewarding and amazing and relationship is just a skill set. So if you know other couples who are maybe challenged in the same ways as those I'm talking about, you can send them even a direct link to one of these episodes. I promise they will thank you for that. So I'm excited to share with you next week a few more stories of couples who have been able to go through some of these frameworks and completely change the way that they communicate and connect and they've turned an unhappy situation into something so beautiful. I love success stories and I would love for you to be my next success story. So be sure to join me next week, same time, same place. And until then, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side.